Hey, I'm Brian Brister, a worship leader, certified health coach, and fashion photographer. Welcome to the Brian Brister Experience Podcast. I'll be sharing with you from a myriad of topics that I gather from suggestions I receive on my social media accounts or in conversation with friends. I'll also interview cool people doing cool things in the world, probably while drinking coffee, definitely while drinking water. Thanks for joining I have been working with a leadership coach for the past couple of months, and it has been all of the things. <laughs> I have a lot of emotions about it. It has been so worth it. It has been so necessary, and I have recognized so many things about myself and my leadership and the way that I show up in the world that are going to be game changers for me as I continue to move forward and grow with this knowledge. At the same time, it's been really hard. It's been a lot of deep, deep work, which, let's be real, is the good stuff. I think I've realized that most often people aren't doing this work. People aren't doing the hard work. People aren't doing the hard work to truly become the most authentic versions of themselves. And and I'm not saying this to pat myself on the back. Oh yeah, Brian did it. He's so awesome. He's doing the hard work. But I am saying it because I want to call attention to it. It was never mentioned to me growing up or in high school or even in college, hey, you should really focus on becoming your most true self. You should focus on recognizing your triggers and how to work through those. You should focus on recognizing the hurts from your childhood and how they've shaped who you've become as a person. You should really take some time to dig in deep to what you want and how you feel and how others make you feel and how in turn you make them feel. No one told me those things. So in case no one's told you those things, it's an amazing practice. It's hard. It's going to suck. There's going to be a lot of emotions and there may even be some tears, even if you're not a crier. I'm a crier, so there's a lot of tears, but it's worth it. And it's so, so good when you begin to recognize things that shaped so much of who you quote unquote just are. And you begin to recognize that you can let go of that guilt or that shame or that hurt and move forward in a better, more beautiful way. At the same time, it's really cool to see how the positive things in your childhood or even in your adult life have shaped the way that you respond to things. So I want to encourage you to take some time and begin to work on becoming the most true, authentic version of yourself if that's not something that you're actively doing. Now for the real reason we're here. (laughs) One of the exercises or homework that I have been given from my leadership coach for the past couple of weeks, we've been talking a lot about our relationship with our dads and our relationship with God and how the two of those connect. And This is a really small group of guys that are in this group. There are five of us total, including the coach. And I'm the only one whose dad is not alive. Which made for some really interesting conversations. 
because as these guys are working through the things about their dad, they begin to recognize that they are things that may be able to change or they are conversations that they can have to grow in a relationship with their dad. And for me, I don't have that opportunity anymore. That doesn't mean that I can't forgive my dad of things and that I can't celebrate my dad for the things that he did well, but it's different. So in that, I have had to work very hard to not fall into a victim mindset of, oh yeah, it's me, poor Brian, my dad's not here. A lot of beautiful things have come from this. And one of the things that we had to do in previous homework was to have a conversation with our dad about what it was like to grow up as his son. I'm saying all of that to set up the fact that what I want to talk to you about today was a bit of homework that we had, and that was to make a list of 15 things about my relationship with my dad that impacts the way that I see God. And a lot of you may be immediately thinking, wait, what? But trust me, if you stop and think about your relationship with your earthly father, your relationship with your heavenly father has been heavily impacted by that. Even if your dad wasn't around, there are probably things about your relationship with God and moments where you trust that he isn't going to be around or you don't think that he has your best intentions or you don't believe that he's going to show up because your earthly father didn't show up. So in that, I wanted to share with you some things about my personal experience. So I'm going to read through my list and I'll talk a little bit about each of those if I feel the need. Number one, he loves me so much. Anyone who knows Lavelle Brister knows that he loved his boy. There is no doubt, there is no question, my dad loved me so much. And I truly believe that God loves me so much as well. I make jokes periodically that he's sitting up there telling the angels, ah, oh, look at my dude, look at my boy. And I, I believe that he does love me so much. Number two, he's more proud of me if I'm doing things right or accomplishing great things. I can think of so many instances in my life where my dad told me he was so proud of me. For those of you who know me, you know that I have a tattoo on my arm that is in my dad's handwriting that says, I'm so proud of you because he told me all the time. But more often than not, his pride was connected to my accomplishments. His pride was connected to me doing the right thing. And I always felt more pride when I had done those things. I will say the really interesting thing about this homework, this experience, is that I was like scanning through my life, trying to remember things about my dad or moments with my dad to make this list. And it was so cool to think of all the different things that came up <laughs> and just when that looks like. So for this one specifically, he's more proud if I'm doing things right or accomplishing great things. I remember the day that I graduated from undergrad 
And we only have one or two photos together from that day, but one of them, he just has the biggest grin on his face as he's looking at me. And I remember that was him all day. And he also yelled so loudly when they called my name to walk across stage. He was so proud of me. The day that he died, which we had no idea that he was going to die, he died of a heart attack, for those of you who do not know, so it was very unexpected. We talked on the phone three times that day. And in one of those conversations, I was in grad school at the time, and he said, graduation's only six weeks away, buddy, Roe. Your mom and I are so proud of you. And I'm so thankful to have that memory that I can hear him saying that over and over and over again. But it also adds to this. And then I also remember one time that... <laughs> Some friends of mine and I, after nine weeks exams, went to Walmart and bought colored hairspray and went in the bathrooms at Walmart and sprayed it in our hair. We paid for it and then went in the bathroom and sprayed it in our hair. Well, as we were trying to leave Walmart, they asked us for the receipt and my friend who had paid for it couldn't find the receipt. Guys, I promise we paid for it. But they took us to the back. Security took us to the back in a back room, and the cops were coming. And it was such a terrible experience. They finally went back and watched the cameras and saw that we had paid for it and all of this, and they let us go. But I remember my dad being disappointed in me because I had done that and because I had been caught by the authorities, even though it was a misunderstanding. So those things have shaped the way that I view my relationship with God, that he is more proud of me if I'm accomplishing things or if I'm doing things right, and that when I mess up, he is less proud of me. Number three, there's no room for differing opinions. And this one may sound kind of weird to you in the idea of a relationship with God, it's interesting because in the view of the relationship with my dad, I viewed there's no room for differing opinions as a bad thing because it would lead to arguments and he was always right and there was no opportunity for us to have a discussion about it. But the way that it shaped my relationship with God is that when he tells me to do something, even if it doesn't make sense or I don't really want to do it, I still do it. Because I know that his way is best and I know that his opinion or his idea or his plan for my life is best. That also comes with a lot of trust. I trust that he is a good God. I trust that he loves me so much and he's not going to lead me into something that would harm me. So it's interesting that a negative in my relationship with my dad became a positive in my relationship with God. Number four, we should laugh and have fun. My dad loved life. He was a prankster. He told the dumbest jokes all the time. He annoyed the heck out of people to get a laugh. He loved to laugh and to have fun. And that is a really cool part about how my relationship with God is able to have a space for so much fun. 
to recognize that it's okay to laugh and be joyful and playful. I think a lot of people struggle with the idea of God as a fun God or God as a playful God. They simply see him as this really regal, king-like person sitting on a throne, looking down at his subjects instead of as a person that you can connect with and celebrate and have fun and dance and laugh. And I think about when I lead worship, there's so much joy and, and I dance all over stage. And a huge part of that is because my relationship with God is fun. And I think that's because my relationship with my dad was fun. There was a lot of fun in that. Number five, it's okay to cry and be emotional. (laughs) Clearly, I've got that one down pat. But I know a lot of people who aren't emotional. Well, they are emotional, but they don't allow themselves to cry or to feel those types of emotions. And especially not in their relationship with God. And I think back to growing up, our pastor's wife used to sing this song. Tears are a language God understands. I think of that song all the time because tears are a language that God understands. So it's okay to cry and it's okay to feel those emotions in your relationship with God. And I love that my dad was a crier. I love that my dad allowed himself to feel emotions and taught me that it was okay to do that as well. Number six, if you don't do it exactly right, it's not worth it. The interesting thing about this, and I'll talk more about this in another podcast, is that I know in my head that this is not true but I don't necessarily know it in my heart because I still try to do everything exactly right or it doesn't count. And there's a phrase that I hear a lot, done is better than perfect. And I get what they're saying, but I really struggle with that idea (laughs) because so much of my life was, if it's worth being done, it's worth being done right. And I recognize a lot in my relationship with God that I put that on our relationship and I put that on my walk with him and I put that on the decisions that I make and the things that I do because of that. Number seven, I'm held to a higher standard than other people are. I remember having so many conversations with my dad about why my friends were allowed to do things that I wasn't allowed to do. And he tried to explain to me, and and what I believe was his best understanding, that there are things that I am called to. There is the person that I am, the family that I am, that I don't get to just do a lot of the things that other people do. As a Christian, there are things that I don't get to do that other people do. As a Pentecostal, there are things that I don't get to do that other people get to do. I am held to a higher standard than those people. There's a scripture in the Bible that says, to whom much is given, much will be required. And my dad and a lot of other people took that scripture to say, because you've been given so much from God, you are required to do more or be more or live at a different level than everyone else. 
So that's how that plays out. (laughs) Number eight, in the end, he will always show up. No matter what I competed in, no matter what sports I played, no matter what showcases I did, no matter what I did or pursued, my dad was always there. He always showed up to support me and encourage me and love me. And God always shows up too. This one really got me when it crossed my mind and I wrote it down because it made me realize that he's not here anymore and he's not going to show up and knock on my door today and just say, hey, decided to come visit. But he still shows up in little ways. He still shows up in a smile or in a laugh. He still shows up in memories. He still shows up in things that I do or say. And (laughs) for those of you who know my dad, you know that, gosh, I'm literally becoming more Lavelle Brister every day that passes. There are times that I look in the mirror and I'm like, I am my father. What has happened? I say things. I make jokes. I... I do so many things that just are my dad. So in the end, he will always show up. And I know that God is that way too. I know that no matter what's going on in my life and no matter what things I have struggled with or what things are going on or when it doesn't look like anything is going to work out, in the end, he will always show up. No matter what I did in life, no matter what I competed in, no matter what sports I played, no matter what showcases I did, no matter what I did or pursued, my dad was always there. He always showed up to support me and encourage me and love me. And God always shows up too. Number nine, he does things to remind me that he cares. I mentioned earlier about scanning through my life memories with my dad. And I remember that we were doing this show and tell at school when I was a kid. I don't know, maybe eight or nine years old. And it was about leaves. And we needed to have the smallest leaf and the biggest leaf and the coolest leaf and the oddest color leaf and all this kind of stuff. And I was talking to my dad about it. And he was like, oh, I can get you the biggest leaf. I know where there's a banana tree. And for those of you who've never seen a banana leaf, those things are massive. I don't know where that man found a banana tree in Mississippi, but he did. And he put it in the toolbox of his truck and brought it home to me in the evening of the day that we were supposed to show our leaves. So a little late. (laughs) But... He took the time to stop, to cut the leaf off the banana tree, to put it in his toolbox, to drive home, and to bring it to me because he cared. It's a little thing, but I randomly think of that memory all the time. Now, I mean, it's funny that he brought it essentially a day late, but I'm really thankful that I had a dad who cared because I know that God cares. And he always reminds me in the most beautiful ways that he cares. Number 10, the things he wants to teach me are important, even if I don't see it yet. My dad was a plumber, 
My dad worked on vehicles. My dad changed his oil. My dad changed tires. My dad did all the quote-unquote manly things. I am not that guy. Okay, let's be real. I am not a manual labor type of person. But my dad was determined that I would know how to change a tire. I had zero desire to change a tire. And he was like, what are you going to do if your tire goes flat on the side of the road? Um, I will call a tire guy. They will come fix it. And he would say, and then you have to sit on the road for an hour, two hours, three hours when you could just change it yourself. And I was like, but I don't want to change it. But he made me learn how to change a tire. And I will never forget, after graduation from grad school, I was driving from New York to Mississippi because I was leaving for London the next week. And so I was leaving my vehicle in Mississippi. So I was driving to Mississippi alone. And somewhere in Kentucky, I had a blowout. Thankfully, it was not bad. It didn't cause any damage. I didn't have a wreck. But I was on the side of the interstate with a flat tire. My vehicle was completely packed with so much stuff. And I was like, gonna prove it right, right here. Call in AAA. I called AAA and it was going to be four hours before they could get someone to come to me. And I was like, four hours is so long. I just want to get to Mississippi. But I also was like, um, I'm going to have to unload my entire trunk if I'm going to change my tire. Unload my trunk, wait four hours. Mm, I'll wait four hours. And about 30 minutes later, I was like, I'll unload my trunk. <laughs> so, guys, I wish you could have seen this. I, I'm pretty sure I took a photo. I just haven't seen it in a while. But I unloaded my entire trunk, which, by the way, the trunk in a 2009 Ford Taurus SEL, if you haven't seen them, they are massive. The biggest trunks in a car, I'm pretty sure. And I had packed it. So unloaded all this stuff, and I changed my tire on the side of the road in Kentucky, and I got back on the interstate. The whole experience, including the 30-plus minutes of waiting, was maybe an hour and a half. And I thought to myself, this was it. When you were so determined to teach me something that I didn't see the value in, you knew that one day it would make sense. Which makes me question and consider and think through how many times in my life God has taught me something that I didn't see the benefit in and I didn't see why I was going through this situation or I didn't see what was going to come of it. And then weeks, months, years later, I look back and go, oh, that was it. I didn't see the value in that lesson until today. Number 11, he will always protect me. My dad always protected me. He always made sure that I was safe and that I felt loved and that I was okay. And I know that God is the same way. Number 12, he wants the best for me. My dad did. My dad didn't want just an okay life or just a you'll get through You'll graduate from high school and you'll get a job and whatever. No, my dad wanted the best for me. You will go to college. You will get a degree. You will get an amazing job. You will do all of the things. You will visit all the places. You will travel everywhere. You will do everything that you want in life because you deserve the best. 
And I think that's the reason that it's been so easy for me to believe that God wants that for me too. I don't struggle with dreaming. I'm not a person who can't figure out what they want. I'm really, really good at dreaming really big, audacious dreams. And a huge part of that is because my earthly father and my heavenly father want what's best for me and have helped me believe that I can have it. Number 13, he believes in me. I can't tell you how many times in my life when I was putting down on myself or when I didn't see the way through or I didn't see the light at the end of the tunnel or I didn't believe that I was going to be successful or I didn't believe I was going to pass a test or I didn't believe I was going to do this thing. My dad always, always believed in me. When I said I wanted to be a photographer, my dad bought me my first camera. When I said I wanted to play baseball, my dad bought me my first glove. My dad always believed in me. Even when I tried to do things, <laughs> I'll never forget in grad school, I would send him photos that I had taken. And my dad, as I mentioned, is a plumber in Mississippi. He does not understand fashion at all. So I'd send him pictures and I'd be like, what'd you think? And he's like, well, I don't understand it, but it's pretty. And I bet you did a great job. <laughs> He always believed in me, even if he didn't understand the dreams that I was chasing. Number 14, if it's important to me, it's important to him. I I just spoke to that without even meaning to, but fashion photography was really, really important to me. My dad did not understand it at all. But because it was important to me, it was important to him. He looked at all my pictures. He watched all my videos. And he would always try to find something to compliment me on even if he didn't understand it. (laughs) My dad didn't understand the way that I dressed or a lot of the things that I did or the things that I wanted in life because they weren't what he wanted. But because it was important to me, it was important to him. And I know that God is the same way. And I know that there are so many things in my life that I want or desire or chase after. And because they are important to me, they are important to God. Number 15, he will always come back. As a kid, we would go deer hunting all the time. And we would walk deep, deep into the woods. And he would pick a place that was a perfect place for me to sit. And he would tell me, you stay right here by this tree. If you see a deer, you shoot it. I'll hear your gunshot and I'll come to you. Don't leave this tree. Don't go to the deer until I come find you. And when it's time to go home, if we're not already together, I'll come back. And he always did. Of course he did. He was my dad. He wasn't going to leave me alone in the woods. But it's just another beautiful story that reminded me of the same way that God will always show up. God has told me to go a lot of places. God has told me to do a lot of things. He's also told me to stay a lot of times. And in the end, he's always been there. Whether this was your first time listening or you've been around for a while, I'd love it if you would share this episode with at least one person you think may enjoy it. Feel free to follow me on Instagram at Brian Brister for a more behind the scenes look at my life. You can also send me a DM or comment on my most recent Instagram post, whatever it is, if there's a specific topic you'd like to hear me speak on, or if you have questions about something I said today. That's all for me. I'll be back next week. Until then, do good, be well. Oh, and drink some water.